0: Welcome to the Pittsburgh Criminal Attorney Podcast, the podcast where you can learn what you need to do if you or a loved one have been charged with a crime in Western Pennsylvania. Let's talk about drug crimes in Western Pennsylvania and what we commonly see. Now, in Pennsylvania, Western Pennsylvania, typically we see a lot of I could like to call them college crimes, like the marijuana, you see the pills, you see the cocaine, you, you occasionally you may see meth and some other functional recreational drugs. Unfortunately, sometimes the students or the younger people or anyone who are the users, they take it a little bit too far, they abuse it by driving under the influence of that narcotic or they're just unable to just function. And now they're just using day after day, hour after hour, and that's the only thing they do. It just consumes their life. So unfortunately, that's what we see in our office Often we see a lot of people who are just under the influence all the time or the under the influence thinking they can function and they can function and drive a safely operated vehicle. And it, it just it's a disaster. Let's talk a little bit about the different types of drug crimes. Now, in Pennsylvania, there's the two types. There is the simple possession and there's possession with intent to distribute or there's actually there's three types. There's actual dis- distribution, meaning they see you in a drug transaction. Let's talk about each one. The first one, simple possession, you have enough for your personal use, and you're buying enough just to use on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, and that's all you do. You use the drug or the narcotic. Now, let's talk about possession with intent to distribute. Now, not only are you using the narcotic, now you're using it and you're distributing it to other people. You're selling it. Sometimes you're even sharing it with other people. You have a lot of narcotic. It could be weed. It could be cocaine. It could be heroin. It could be any of any of the three or even more. And you're using it possession it with the intent to distribute. A lot of factors go into that. Are you, is it a large amount? How is it packaged? Do you have a lot amount of ones on you? Denominations? A lot amount of cash on you? Do you have a bunch of cell phones on you? Do you have a cell phone that has actual a sheet in it or some type of notes where it talks about all your customer bases. Were you running around in different areas of town where you have this large amount of cocaine or a large amount of narcotic and you're stopped with it and you have ones and they see you going in and out of places, hand-to-hand transactions with other people. They see you with, with no-use paraphernalia. Because now you, 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 you want to claim that you're, you're a user and also you're a seller, but you have no use paraphernalia. So it kind of defeats that argument. So a lot of factors go into whether or not you're going to be charged with the possession with intent to distribute many times. The officers just charge you with both counts. They charge you with possession and possession with intent. And it's up with the, it's up to the attorney, the criminal defense attorney who's going to be representing you in Western Pennsylvania. It's up to them to differentiate to the court that it's either simple possession or possession when intent to distribute. Now, the third type is actual delivery. Let's say you're possessing and you're possessing with intent to distribute, and they see you in a drug transaction. Either they see you by themselves. Or they send a confidential informant, a CI, into purchase from you, and the CI comes back and reports back and says, I see all these th- other types of drugs in there, and I purchased this from her, and she, bought, she has all this other stuff, and she told me I can come back and purchase anytime I want to. They can now charge you with possession, possession with intent, and actual delivery of that narcotic. Let's talk a little bit about first-time offenders for simple possession of narcotics. In Western Pennsylvania, in most cases, you're eligible. If it's a first-time offense, it's not a felony. It's a misdemeanor. You're not charged with delivery. You're not charged with possession when they tend to distribute. You have a small amount of marijuana, many times a small amount of marijuana under a certain amount. They can maybe reduce that down to a disorderly conduct. Sometimes they won't even charge that. But let's say it's another drug. It's some pills or it's a couple stamp bags of heroin or it's cocaine or it's crack. It's your first-time offense. You may be eligible for what they call a probation without verdict, which means you go on probation, you stay out of trouble, take some classes, pay some fines, and it gets wiped off your record as if it never happened. It's not a conviction because no conviction is entered, but it's similar in nature to the ARD program because it's something that will divert you from the regular criminal process, and now you won't have anything on your record. But that's only for first-time offenders who are charged with simple possession, which is as a misdemeanor. It's not for people who are charged with felonies or who are engaged in drug trafficking, as they would say. Let's talk a little bit about some other charges that are sometimes associated with drug charges. The first thing people think about is firearms. A lot of times people who are in in the drug trafficking trade or they are actually going to purchase drugs from someone else, they're going to carry a firearm for protection. Then also you have drug paraphernalia. Let's say you have scales. You have stamp bags, you have you know, pipes and, and other items that may be associated with using narcotics. You may also be charged if you have a cell phone that you use to set up the drug deal. You may be charged with that charge just simply because you use the cell phone to set up the drug deal. Other charges that are associated with that are, are robbery, violent crimes like robbery. You may be charged with burglary because you break into someone's home to steal drugs or you break into someone's home to steal money. There are so many different things that flow from the drug charges, and it's unfortunate because it's disrupting communities. It may be one or two people in that community, and they're known drug users. Now, all of a sudden, they're being watched all the time, and they're committing all these crimes. They're stealing. They're stealing money. They're, they're stealing credit cards. They are stealing items to sell for drugs. And it's very unfortunate because you can see the downfall of a person in the person's life. Most occasions, a young person that they're dealing with. Over time, and it just just it's a ripple effect because now families are disrupted. Families want to get them treatment. Families want them to get help, and it's just it just it destroys families. Let's talk a little bit about college students being charged with drug crimes. Now, in the Pittsburgh area, there's there's many colleges. There's Pitt, CMU, there's Point Park. There's there's all types of colleges. I'm sure I'm going to forget many of them, RMU, all types of colleges in this area. But there are many college students who get charged with a little bit of weed or they get charged with cocaine or they get charged with heroin or they get charged with some other, other the fancy, some of the fancy drugs out there. Now, the problem is you may think, oh, it's college life. I'm young and dumb. I'm allowed to be stupid. Well, they may see it as a mistake, but they also may see it as a beginning to a, a criminal life. And they don't want that. They don't. They want you to be educated, and they also want to be able to tell parents that it's safe to send their kids to college in these areas. Whether it be Western Pennsylvania, whether it be in the middle of the state, whether it be at Penn State, anywhere in Pennsylvania, they want to be able to tell parents, "Yeah, it's safe to send your kids here." And here's here's our stats. Here's our our, our crime stats for the area and the communities in which you're sending your kids. So parents are looking at that, and they think, "Oh, wow." they don't have many arrests for drug crimes they don't have many arrests for firearms they don't have many arrests for assault crimes so i can i, I feel okay sending my kid there now for college kids who get charged with a drug crime it's very important that you go see a criminal defense lawyer for two reasons one because you're charged and it's a criminal charge and you don't want that on your record especially when you're getting a degree from that institution second your institution may independently try to file a student conduct citation against you. Now your record is marked because you may have the good grades, but your student conduct record is marked simply because you had that charge while a student at that institution. So please students, if you are charged with a crime, please make sure you contact the criminal defense attorney in Western Pennsylvania who can help you out on both sides, the criminal side and also the student conduct side for your university or institution. Let's talk a little bit about aggravating factors for drug crimes. Now, similar in any federal state, there are statutes on the on the federal side that if you sell near a protected location, you may be subject to mandatory sentences and mandatory penalties. In western Pennsylvania, in the state side, let's say just in state court, court of common police, you're charged with a crime for drug possession. And now all of a sudden it turns into something else simply because let's say you're out on bond and you go back and you're caught with drugs again. And now this time you're caught with a large amount. You're thinking in your mind, the whole Costco defense, you're going to buy in bulk because you don't want to go out on, on a daily basis and buy it, but you buy it a huge amount so you can stay at home and use for a long period of time. And now all of a sudden you get stopped on the way back home and they look at that as indication that you are possessing with the intent to distribute. So it's very important that you contact an attorney for that. Also, if you are charged with a drug crime and you have a firearm or if you have a weapon, or if you are selling narcotics and someone dies as a direct result of that narcotic you're selling to them. The big thing we're seeing right now at the filming of this podcast is the presence of fentanyl. They call it fetting, where people are mixing it with their drugs to make it a little bit more, a little bit, a little more mm to it or a little more pump to it or a little more you know, so they can say, oh, that's fire. You need to get that because it hits it hits different. Well, the problem is it's killing people. And if you're charged with selling narcotics, knowingly selling narcotics to someone else and that distribution is a, causes someone else to die because they overdosed and you sold it to them, you can be charged with some serious offenses. You can be charged with the death of that person, whether in state court or federal court. So please, if you're charged with any type of drug crime, contact your criminal defense lawyer. And if you're out there, you're thinking, oh, I'm just doing this for a, a small period of time. I just need to make some money. It's only gonna it's it's gonna end in a disaster. It's gonna end in two ways. You're gonna get arrested, or you're gonna you're gonna get robbed and killed. And that, that's just the reality of it. That's just the brutal reality of it. If you're out in this game, it's a dangerous game to play. And I encourage you, just you, think about it this way. Do you know any old drug dealers? Probably not, because they're either in prison or they're dead. So you you have to stop. Let's talk a little bit about other violent crimes and other felonies we see. We see robbery. We also see charges of burglary. Now, the difference between the two, and it's actually funny when I hear people say, Oh, you know, my 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 place got robbed. Well, you can't rob a place. You burglarize a place. You can rob a person, but you can't rob a place. You can't stick a gun to a building and say, Give me your money. That's the, the example we got in law school, and it really stuck with me. So if you're charged with a crime, let's say the, the unlawful taking of something from a person with the threat of force or the presence of force, let's say you have a gun or you have a weapon, you say, give me all your money. And now you're taking something from them with force or threat of force. You could be charged with a robbery. Let's say you break in someone's property and you go in, you break through the threshold, whether it be an actual breaking or you go there, you know, you're not allowed to be there and you break in or you're there unlawfully. and You steal something from that building or from that location. You could be charged with burglary, both of which are felonies, both of which carry maximum penalties and fines, and you could be facing the felony and maximum jail time. So please, if you're charged with either one of those, contact a criminal defense attorney in Western Pennsylvania who can help you out. So now let's talk a little bit about violent crimes. Now, Pennsylvania, there's different types of violent crimes. There is a simple assault and there is an aggravated assault. Simple assault, you're fighting with a friend, you guys are both drunk. There's a, maybe a mutual combat. There's a one punch, a couple punches, people break it up. You may be charged with misdemeanor, simple assault. Now, let's say you you that same fight, you're charged with a fist fight with someone else and someone picks up a pipe and swings it out and hits them in the head and causes serious bodily injury or attempts to cause serious bodily injury. You may be charged with felony aggravated assault. And there's different sections of aggravated assault. If you attempt to cause serious bodily injury, you actually cause serious bodily injury. There's all different types of aggravated assault. But just know if it's aggravated assault, it's a felony. If it's simple assault, it's a misdemeanor. Let's talk a little bit about domestic violence charges. Now, in Pennsylvania, if you are intimately involved with a partner and there is a simple assault or aggravated assault that results or is alleged as a result of that relationship, you could be charged with that aggravated assault and simple assault, but it has a different aspect to it. Now it has a domestic violence aspect aligned with it. And unfortunately, there's going to be a different type of action against you. It's going to be maybe the same charges, but you may be in a different court. You may have a separate prosecutor, someone who's specifically assigned to domestic violence cases. So if you are charged with that, you want to make sure you contact a criminal defense lawyer. So many times it's not only just simple assault and aggravated assault, it may be the threat, meaning you gave a threat to your domestic partner. That would be charged as a misdemeanor terroristic threat. It may be a time where you are charged with reckless endangering another person. As a result of trying to do a simple assault, you are swinging something or you put that person in danger, such danger that it's a reckless disregard for their safety. You could be charged with the misdemeanor offense of reckless endangering another person. So simple assault, reckless endangering another person. We like to use acronyms here. We call it REAP. REAP. And also you could be charged with terroristic threats. You also be charged with aggravated assault. And all that can be as a result of a domestic violence situation. And one more thing I want to add about domestic violence crimes. Unfortunately, a lot of times we see people charged with strangulation. Let's say they're in a the heat of passion or they're fighting with their partner. And all of a sudden, someone grabs the neck and they cut off pressure to the throat. You can be charged with felony count of strangulation. Now, there are times where you are charged with strangulation. It's a misdemeanor, but sometimes in domestic Violence cases is charged as a felony. Now, strangulation can be charged as a misdemeanor or a felony. Regardless, you need to contact a criminal defense attorney who understands those types of cases and who can zealously represent you against those charges. Now, I want to talk a little bit about sex crimes, and there's just there's so many variations of them. I want to make sure I get it right, so I'm going to refer to my website if you don't mind. So first, we have rape. We have statutory sexual assault, involuntary deviate sexual intercourse. Sexual assault, institutional sexual assault, sexual assault by sports official volunteer employee of a nonprofit association, aggravated indecent assault, indecent assault, indecent exposure, conduct related to sex offenders, unlawful dissemination of intimate image, and sexual extortion. So there's just a ton of sex crimes, unfortunately, on the books in Pennsylvania where you could be charged with one of those offenses. Now, sex offenses are taboo. No one likes to talk about it. But everyone needs an attorney for that. And here is why. If you're charged with a sex offense, you're going to think that everyone's talking about you. You're going to think that everyone knows. You're going to think you're going to be exposed on the news, in the newspaper, on social media. And everyone's going to be talking about you and what you're charged with. And you're going to be reluctant to want to reach out and try to get help. But you need to fight through that because. There are very limited times in which you can do certain things for those offenses. You need to file certain motions. You need to make sure you request certain documents, certain evidence, certain reports to make sure you have all the information and evidence you need to zealously defend against these cases. Sometimes it may come down to a she said, he said. Now, in Pennsylvania, there is an actual jury instruction which states, word for word, if you believe the testimony of the victim, that testimony standing alone without any other corroboration is sufficient to prove guilt beyond a reasonable doubt what does that mean in just regular terms that a victim can take the stand and the, the jury believes or the fact finder believes that victim's story and what they are alleging you did that's enough they don't need dna evidence they don't need any other corroborating evidence they don't need other witnesses or anything else just that testimony alone can be sufficient for proof beyond a reasonable doubt to find you guilty of a host of criminal charges, n- mainly dealing with sex offenses. Now, let's talk a little bit about juvenile sex crimes. Now, I'm showing my age here. Now, be- be- before my time in my day, there were no cell phones. So there were no sexting and texting and sending of images and all these types of revenge porn that they have right now. But unfortunately, right now, that's what our children and our grandchildren are dealing with. There are phones and digital images and, and ways of disseminating material all over the places. You can, with your watch, with your phone, with your, your iPad. I mean, there's cameras everywhere. And people are sending these images thinking, oh, look at him, look at her. And it's, they're just, it can spread like wildfire, quicker than wildfire, especially in schools. Now, schools have, most of them have a zero tolerance policy. So if you're caught with it, or if you're caught sending it, or they can track it back to you somehow, and all that stream, it comes back to you that you were involved in it. You can be prosecuted for that. And in some cases, unfortunately, you can be prosecuted in federal court for different things like this, just for sending these images, or having these images, or downloading these images and having them on your person. It's very important that you charge if you are charged with this, or even before you are charged, if you are questioned by police, About images. Did you send this? Do you have this? Were you aware of this? Remain silent. I want to contact an attorney and contact a criminal defense lawyer because if they're coming to your door, they're not coming just because they just picked out a random house. They're coming because the evidence pointed them to your door, the evidence pointed them to your cell phone. So please, if someone's questioning you about that, if it's the school is calling you into the office or the school is calling your parents, hey, come down tomorrow, we need to talk about some things that was on her phone or on his phone, contact a criminal defense lawyer, because now they're going to put everything you say after that can be used against you in a criminal proceeding. And an experienced criminal defense attorney can foresee that and either cut it short or tell you not to go at all, or at least advise you of your rights so you can know what to expect and how this can impact you later on. Now, let's talk a little bit about federal crimes in Western Pennsylvania. Now, in Western Pennsylvania, there are three courts. There's one in Johnstown, there's one in Erie, and there's one in Pittsburgh. Those are the federal courts that cover the Western District of Pennsylvania. If you are charged with a drug crime and it's a multiple offense, many times the federal government will adopt that case, meaning that let's say you're charged in state court and this is your third drug, serious drug offense you had two prior serious drug offenses within the past 10 years, or the somehow within that past 10 years, those are called two predicate offenses. And in most cases, if you have two prior predicate drug crimes for serious drug offenses, you may be charged in federal court as a career offender. The penalties for those crimes do not abide by the regular guidelines. They are enhanced guidelines because now you're a career offender. So in Western Pennsylvania, three courts, three federal courts, Erie, Pittsburgh, and Johnstown. If you have certain criminal offenses, you may be charged in federal court or the federal government may adopt a state case simply because of your priors. And so you have prior firearms offenses in state court, any state court, not just Western Pennsylvania, any state court, you have priors for guns in different states. And all of a sudden you're stopped in Pennsylvania for like your fourth or fifth gun charge. The federal government may come in and adopt that case and charge you in federal court. Now you're facing mandatory sentences in federal court and you need a federal criminal defense lawyer who handles cases in western Pennsylvania to help you defend against those charges. Now, another thing in federal court, you may be charged with sex crimes in federal court. Let's say child porn images. Any type of images you have on your computer, download it and disseminate it. You sent them to different people. You may be charged in federal court for those charges. There are a host of of sex crimes in federal court you could be charged for. And you want to make sure you have a good defense in federal court for those charges. Because 98 to 99% of those cases end in a conviction. Your case could be that 1%. And in order for it to be that, a lot of work has to be done. A lot of discovery has to be gathered, reviewed. Pretrial motions need to be filed. There's a lot of things that need to happen for your federal case if you're charged in federal court for an offense or your case is adopted from the state and federal court. Now Let's talk a little bit about bench warrants. So let's say you've ignored a citation. You've ignored a criminal offense. You ignored a subpoena. You've ignored a call for you to come into court and deal with your misdemeanor offense or a felony offense or even summary offense in Western Pennsylvania. You go on living your life and then two or three years later, all of a sudden you get stopped by an officer on the side of the road for a traffic offense. You're stopped, they run your name, now all of a sudden you have a bench warrant. Now all of a sudden you're gonna be picked up, placed in jail, extradited back to Allegheny County or any county in Western Pennsylvania to address those charges. So just because you didn't go, doesn't mean it goes away. Just because you didn't show up, oh, it's too old, they're never gonna prosecute me on that, that was a year ago that was 2 years ago those cases are still in the books there's an active warrant for your arrest so if you get stopped or you go through any fe- federal facility where your your license is ran you may be at the airport and all of a sudden you're trying to fly you put up your passport there may be a warrant for your arrest now instead of going on vacation you're going into the Allegheny County jail because you ignored a you ignored a citation or you ignored a subpoena to show up for court so please don't think just by ignoring it it goes away please If you have a bench warrant for your arrest or you had a charge you know you didn't show up for or you have restitution you know you didn't pay or you have something you know you didn't complete and all of a sudden you have a bench warrant for your arrest and you just try to ignore it, contact a criminal defense lawyer because they can go in, either get the bench warrant lifted, reset the hearing to make sure you go and address those charges. And now you can breathe easily knowing that you have a hearing coming up where you can address the wrongs you did earlier by just simply missing that hearing. Now, I want to talk a little bit to my gun owners, my lawful gun owners in Pennsylvania. First of all, in Pennsylvania, if you want to carry the gun on or about your person concealed, you need a permit. So if you're coming from another state and you're driving through, you need a permit to have a concealed weapon in Pennsylvania. I don't care if you went to Utah and got all these licenses that, that gives you jurisdiction to travel here, there, and everywhere. Pennsylvania is different. If you're coming to Pennsylvania and you get stopped and you have a gun in your car, that you could be charged with carrying a firearm without a license or concealed on about, if it's concealed on or about your person or in your vehicle, you could be charged with that offense. Now, if you are a felon who is not supposed to have a firearm and you have a firearm, you could be charged with felon in possession of a firearm. And those are extensive penalties. And you could be charged in federal court for that. So there's, Certain types of gun crimes we've seen typically in our office, carrying a firearm without a license, meaning it's concealed on or about your person or in a vehicle, and now all of a sudden you, you don't have a concealed permit for it. You could be charged for that. Let's say you don't even have a record for it. You could be charged for it. Let's say you're otherwise eligible for it, meaning that you're over the age of 21 and you don't have a prior record. You can still be charged for it. Now, let's say you are a felon who's not supposed to have a firearm. You are restricted from having a firearm and you have one anyway. It doesn't matter if it's concealed. If you're caught with that firearm, you could be charged with felon not to possess a firearm. Another one we see a lot, especially in Pittsburgh at the airport, the Pittsburgh International Airport, people who are lawful gun owners, they have a concealed carry permit. They have it in their car, they have it in their briefcase. And all of a sudden they forget about it because they're just going to security all the time. They just totally forget they have their gun in there. And they go through the airport, TSA, and security, and the, the gun is in their bag. The gun is in their briefcase. And they just they just forgot about it. They, I mean, there was just totally no intent. They just totally forgot the gun was there. It's unloaded, but the gun's in their bag. The gun's in their briefcase. The gun's in their purse. The gun's in their, in their satchel or whatever. You could be charged in state court for possession of a firearm at the Pittsburgh airport. And those charges are serious because... Now you've disrupted your travel. You disrupted your vacation. And now you have to go to jail because you are charged with the firearm going to security. Free tip of advice. If you're a lawful gun owner and you have a firearm, please double check your bags, double check your luggage. Not before you go to security, but when you park your car at the airport, check your bags, check everything. Locate your firearm, make sure it is not in your bag. Because if you go to security or you're in the airport, and all of a sudden you see the gun in there, at that point, it's too late. You're not going to pull it out and say, oh, I'm sorry, I got to go back to my car. No. When you park, check your belongings, know where your firearm is so you don't take it into the airport and you don't get charged with going through TSA, going through security with your firearm. Let's talk a little bit about traffic offenses and non-traffic offenses. Now in Pennsylvania, if you're, you're charged with a traffic offense, it's pretty straightforward. You were stopped, by an officer that gave you a citation for a traffic offense. Just don't ignore that, because if you ignore it, you could be found guilty in your absence. And if you ignore certain ones, like a 1543B, driving while your license is suspended due to a DUI, you could be facing mandatory jail time. Also, reckless driving and other crimes could give you points on your license and suspend your license. So if you have a traffic offense, don't ignore it. You have a certain amount of time to respond to it, Respond to it, get a lawyer, and make sure they can re- protect your rights in that traffic court, because those traffic offenses can come back to bite you later on. Let's talk about non-traffic offense. No. Now, those are traffic offenses. Non-traffic offenses are a little bit different. You're not driving, but let's say it's it's like a minor crime, because in Pennsylvania, there are three levels of crimes. There's the felony, there's the misdemeanor, and then there's a non-traffic offense. Non-traffic and traffic offenses are on the same level. They're, they're less than a misdemeanor. But non-traffic offenses are things that are outside of your car, like public urination, public intoxication, fake ID, disorderly conduct, first-time retail theft. These are the main under, underage drinking, isn't also a, a non-traffic summary offense. It's typical here because you have all these colleges you have people out in the streets. It gets warm. They go on the south side. They start bar hopping or they go to a game. They go to a Steeler game. They go to a Bucks game. They go to a Pins game. And all of a sudden afterwards, they're drunk and they're out in the air and they get charged with public intoxication or they're charged with disorderly conduct because they're arguing at a concert at Hinesfield. Or they're, they're leaving Hinesfield and they're, they're, they're drunk and they can't find their car and they got to use the bathroom. Now they're charged with public urination because an officer sees them using the bathroom in the alleyway. There's so many different charges that encompass non-traffic offenses. Also, college kids going into the casino and they have a fake ID because they want to be like everyone else. They're their big sister or big brother or their upperclassmen who are going to the casino. People will come to Pittsburgh for different events because it's it's, it's a destination place for different events, air shows, weddings, banquets, graduations, parties, all types of people come to Pittsburgh for different events and they come here thinking I can, just it's, almost vacation. I don't have to worry about the laws. I can drink outside. I can do what I want. No, you can't. And if you get a non-traffic citation while visiting Pittsburgh, 10 days means 10 days. They're going to only give you 10 days to respond to that. And if you don't respond to that citation, you can be found guilty in your absence and now it's on your record. So it's very important if you're given a citation or you're mailed a citation for underage drinking, fake ID, disorderly conduct, first time retail theft, public urination, or any type of non-traffic offense, please contact a criminal defense lawyer. Because even if you don't live here, on some occasions, they may be able to waive your appearance so you don't have to come back. They can deal with it on your behalf. And that's crucial, especially if you're just visiting. You fly here from Florida or, or Maine or wherever. You fly to Pittsburgh for an event. You get a couple citations. You go back home. You're not going to spend all that money to come back just for a hearing. That could be resolved if you just hire an attorney, an experienced criminal defense attorney who can go to that court, waive your appearance and argue for a dismissal or some type of alternative sentence for that citation. So if you're charged an offense, call a criminal defense lawyer, they can help you out. Let's talk a little bit about the Pittsburgh statute and and code for drug crimes. If you're charged with a drug offense, you may be charged under the Pennsylvania Code, which is the Pennsylvania Controlled Substance Drug, Device, and Cosmetic Act. I have to refer to my website for that. So it's a a mouthful. But if you're charged with a drug crime, that is the statute and that is the act you're going to be charged under. So if you're charged with that, contact a criminal defense lawyer. They can help you out with those charges. Thanks again for listening to this podcast episode. If you need to contact us, you can visit us online frankwalkerlaw.com or give us a call 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 412-532-6805. That's 412-532-6805.